Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to filmmaker and novelist Dwayne Worrell about what comics he would take into a zombie outbreak apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Comic Scene, where you can read comic news and become part of a community of fellow comic lovers. To find out more, be sure to visit comicscene.org. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Dwayne Worrell. How's it going? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, the weather's been a bit on and off today. It's been, you know, like sunny for like two hours, then it was raining um, for two hours, then it was sunny for two hours. It's been really on and off, really weird, but, you know, well, one we, of those. We, we could use some of that. We could use some of that rain over here in California. It's um, so yeah. dry. We haven't had rain in such a long time. Um, oh, yeah. no. Yeah, no. Well, I'll try my best. I'll uh, I'll do a rain dance for you later. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I appreciate it. We appreciate it over here. Hey, no worries, dude. No worries. Well, um, before um, we we get into um, the meat of the show, your your comics for the apocalypse. Um, please tell our listeners what you do in the world, because usually I ask um, our, our my guests what they do in the world of comics, but you're not exactly from the world of comics, are you, Dwayne? Not exactly, not exactly. I've sort of dabbled a little bit. Um, I'm a television writer mostly. I've written um, for film as well. And most recently, I've written my first couple books. Um, but I did dabble a little bit in comic books when I wrote for the television show uh, Iron Fist, which is a Marvel comic book. Um, and I've been working on a couple other adaptations that never quite went anywhere. But um, for the most part, yes, television, TV, and film is where I live. Totally, man. And uh, yeah, no, um, you, you, you were a writer for The Wall, um, yes. which, which was a really, which was a great film. I really enjoyed it. So thank you for bringing that to the world. Oh, thank you for that. Thank you. Um, yeah. It was, yeah, it was a spec, screen, uh, spec screenplay that I wrote um, with Aaron Taylor Johnson, and it was a great experience. Yeah, the wall was, it was a lot of fun. No, no doubt, no doubt. Fantastic. Um, and then, yeah, your latest venture um, is uh, no, being a novelist, um, and your most recent title um, that was published on 1st September uh, was uh, Androne. That's correct. Yeah, Androne is um it's it was something that I had originally written or wanted to write as a movie, as a screenplay. Um mm. cinematic in in its nature based on what it's about and it's it's a story of a drone pilot um in the near future, but in the near future drones aren't just in the air. Drones are also on land. They're called land drones. Some of them have four legs, some of them have six legs. Um, and it's really to prevent casualties in war. So we don't have people on the battlefield fighting anymore. We have these land drones, aerial drones. And in this novel, our pilot is the pilot of an Androne. And an Androne is sort of a combination of an Android and a drone, um, two legs, two arms built in our image. And while this soldier is out in the desert somewhere he believes is Afghanistan or Iraq. 
Um, he, he uncovers something, which is a spoiler. I can't really talk about it here, but he uncovers something <laughs> a little more sinister about the war and it, it changes, it changes everything and, and sends the novel in a new direction. So you think it's about the science fiction element is the landrone element, right? So yeah. most go in thinking, okay, this is sci-fi because these drones with two arms and two legs are controlled by people. But I think that technology is pretty much here. If you look at the stuff that Boston Dynamics Robotics Company is doing, Mm -hmm. we have some pretty cool robots that could be drones. So going into Androne, the scientific element, the science fiction element isn't really the land drones. There's something else more sinister going on. Hopefully that teases people enough to check it out. Straight up, man. Straight up, and uh, I mean, I've 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 got my copy, and I'm making my way through it. Um, I have to admit, I haven't got through as much as it as I'd as I'd liked um, before we spoke because because my two year old has been a bit funky with his sleep. So um, mm. yeah, kids <laughs> are awesome. No, kids are awesome. <laughs> yeah. Kids are amazing. Exactly. Um, that's it, it's worth it. Trust me. Trust me. It's um, it, it is definitely worth it in the end. That, that's great. <laughs> Super, but yeah, no, I'll make your way way through it. So uh, everybody, it's it's available on Amazon. Amazon, I uh, got well over sixteen hundred reviews, um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it so far. So um, again, thank you for for bringing another creative work to the world, Dwayne. I appreciate it. Thank you, and I'm really glad you say that because um, one thing that as a screenwriter, and this is what pushed me towards books, is that there is and Interestingly enough, when you're online and you listen to YouTubers or sometimes you listen to um, TikTokers or whatever, you hear people talk about these writers in Hollywood have no creativity. And Mm. the reason why that is so upsetting (laughs) is because the writer, if it were true, it wouldn't bug me. But it's not that the writers don't have creative ideas. We do. We want to bring Mm. new ideas into the world. It's mm-hmm. just that the studios that we work for, mm-hmm. they are very risk averse. Yeah. So they only exactly. want to, to make films and TV shows that are based on something else. Exactly. Um, so it that's what brought Andron into the world. Um, I just, you know, I, I didn't, I can't say I didn't want to do things based on IP, but there are new ideas that I have that studios mm-hmm. just aren't interested in. Um, so not yet, not yet. Not yet. As the novel grows, then you know I've got no doubt that Android will become a film. So yes, yeah, exactly, 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 right. Um, so yeah, that that's that's sort of where it came from. That's awesome, man. Um, and as well as Amazon, uh, where else can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter um, at Dwayne Worrell, um, Instagram also at Dwayne Worrell, or you can check out my website, which is, I just got it up yesterday, uh, my new website, because I had an old clunky website before, mm. and I was like, okay, I'm going to have to pay somebody to do this. <laughs> um, so I did, and, and it looks so much better. So I have a new website. Mm. Uh, it's DwayneWorrell.com. Pretty Pretty easy. Totally, man. And all of those links are in the show notes, folks. So feel free to go check out Dwayne whilst we're chatting. Uh, now, uh, Dwayne, I'm really sorry, man, but I've got some bad news. Oh, man. Okay. There's, Hit me with it. Hit me. Um, yeah, just really sorry, man. But there's been a zombie outbreak, right? Oh, it's um, 
It started, you know, probably started in downtown LA and it's spreading across California. Um, You know, I'm sorry, man, but what's your action plan for survival? Well, for me, um, I'm heading to a military base. Um, I believe, and this is my thought on the zombie apocalypse, as I've seen it, I've seen it before, I've seen it happen before, and people make a lot of bad decisions based Mm. on faulty science. As a... A, a, a guy who loves science fiction, especially hard science fiction. In my mind, the zombie apocalypse won't last as long as people think, mainly because of biology. Yeah. And the zombies will kill, will die off very quickly based on the type of um, virus it is. But let, let me skip all that. Um, we could talk a little bit more about that a little bit later, maybe. But I would find myself a, uh, a tank. Nice. Now, I know you think it's... It, it, sounds, it sounds a little ridiculous. But the fact that I have a tank and I'm going to store it with supplies means that they can't get in. Um, and I am mobile at the same time. In my opinion, the zombie apocalypse lasts for a month or so. Because biologically, these zombies, mm-hmm. they're going to, they're just going to run out of energy. You know, they, yeah. they, um, without a food supply, if they, they, they're, they're, they're going, there's going to be the beginning where they're eating each other, eating new people and getting new mm-hmm. zombies. But at a certain point, they're just going to run out of stamina and I'll be sitting pretty in a tank. Nice man. Um, so, it's, so it's, it's, it's a twenty-eight days later situation. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Nice man. Very well thought out. And is anyone else going to be joining you in the tank? Well, that's a good question. I do think um, I could fit one other person in there. The supplies, again, it's <laughs> it's not going to last very long with uh, a lot of people in there so it's gonna i'm gonna have one other person with me in this uh in this tank and the marauding groups of people um and the zombies will be uh unable to get inside excellent excellent so you're you're in your tank you're safe and sound you're able to be mobile um and all of that jazz um and you get chatting with your friend in in the tank um just kind of like just trying to pass the time really um yeah. and you kind of mentioned that you know you used to read comic books and and you know you, you worked on the iron fist series and, and stuff like yeah. that um and uh yeah your friend asked you what's the first comic you remember enjoying i think for me that would be maximum carnage i i have to admit i wasn't the biggest comic book guy as a little kid Mm-hmm. But I loved Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I just, Peter Parker was my guy. Um, and I didn't know much about uh, comic books. Um, my dad, I come from a very conservative Christian family. Um, mm-hmm. And my dad would not allow me. I mean, I couldn't even watch <laughs> PG-13 movies. Like, it was it was rough. Wow. Um yeah. So he wasn't really about comic books. Um, And so when we did get comic books, not only did we have to buy them, but we had to hide them. And 
I got myself a uh, a Spider-Man comic book, and it wasn't Maximum Carnage, but that's the one that I, I really remember enjoying. Um, but yeah, just um, Spider-Man and Maximum Carnage, I would say those. Nice, man. Um, and obviously, it sounds like you know you you had a love of just fiction, full stop, when you were younger, yes. um, particularly yes. like having to hide them yes. <laughs> from your father. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, no, so. Um, as a as a young lad, um, you know, were you writing stories straight away, or were you just more of a, a, a reader at that point? Interestingly enough, it's interesting you brought that up. I, I hadn't even thought about this until you said it. It's weird because mm-hmm. the first things I started writing were comic books, just because right. I didn't at that age when I was younger. We're talking fifth, sixth grade. There was Mm -hmm. no way I would try to write a novel. And I had never read a novel at that age. The Mm -hmm. only thing I had read was a comic book that a, um, you know, someone 11, 12 years old. And I have to to continue remembering this is a lot of people who aren't Americans are going to be listening to this too. So fifth grade probably doesn't make sense to you. But um, I was... We always Google it. We always Google it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was about 11, 12 or so. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, I, 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 when I think about writing a story, I would never think about writing a novel. So the first little things that I wrote were very bad, badly drawn comic books, um, as, as a young kid. So that's, that's actually the first sort of fiction, um, that I started writing when I was really, really young. Amazing. Very cool. And then when did you think that, you know, screenwriting would be your path? Mm. Another great question. Not for a very long time. Um, as a, so I was, this is not bragging. This is just, sure, man. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. going to sound like bragging, but it's not bragging. I was, very fast. <laughs> I was very fast as a little kid, extremely fast. I was the fastest kid in my school. I was also the fastest in the state. Um, of Massachusetts. So I was, I was always into sports. I was just naturally inclined to do sports. And I, I think the people around me, the teachers, the coaches didn't see much in my creativity um, Mm -hmm. in writing or, or uh, anything like that. And always pushed me to do sports. They told me, you want to go to college do yeah. sports, you're going to get a scholarship and all that stuff. And that's what I did. And and I never, outside of being very young, 10, 11, and enjoying, you know, writing and drawing stories and comic books, once I got into my teens and I was, you know, 16, 17, 18, getting ready for college, I only did sports. And even in college, I did sports and didn't think much about the creative. It wasn't until my last couple of years of college when I realized I wasn't going to be a professional basketball player, the competition was just a little bit too high, Mm. um, that I decided that I not, I didn't say, I wouldn't say I decided. I just started writing short stories and it wasn't meant to be anything that could be sold or a career. It was just, oh, I have this idea and let me write it as a short story. And that's, I think, when the spark started and one of my professors mentioned that he sees something in the writing. So um, that's, that's when it began. 
Awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, and it's it's just it's blossomed into into a very successful career. So, congratulations. <laughs> yes, and I, I would say successful, not very successful. I'm 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 still very far from where where I'd like to be in my career. Well, it's it's, it's good to yeah continue to have aspirations of uh, yeah of, of getting better and better. But you know you're doing very well. So you thank know, you. Uh, but, no. but anyway, heading back to the tank right um mm, with your okay. friend um all right they you know what i'm worried you... about yeah go on i'm worried that you'd say like i i i noticed my friend getting a fever and sweating and oh yeah up. that's coming later that's coming okay. later <laughs> <laughs> yeah they've, they've currently just got red cheeks at the moment but, okay uh, yeah watch out watch out all right <laughs> the next question yeah, exactly. So it's like it's going to be like that scene in in Fury, like where you know they like shoot inside the tank and stuff. It's like yeah, that's such yeah, a horrifying, yeah, yeah. horrifying scene that is. Um, but anyway, um, your friend asks you, "What's the funniest comic that you've read?" The funniest comic I have read. Okay, so on this one, I'm going to have to go to manga a little bit. Um, when I was younger, I started watching, and I wouldn't even say young. I would, I, I was in high school. I started Japanese animation was revealed to me, which was something I, I hadn't really had much experience with before. And that time, again, I'm an old man now, so you got to think that was back in the <laughs> late nineties. Um, and Japanese, we didn't have access to the internet or the world wasn't as small as it is now. So Japanese animation was very, very far away mm-hmm. from us. And I had my first experience with Japanese animation in a, in a movie called Ninja Scroll. And um, I just started getting into it. And Dragon Ball was one of the uh, manga that I didn't own, but a friend of mine um, let me read and that, I guess, was the first time. It wasn't super funny, but it was the first time I saw comedy revealed in a comic book form. So I would say Dragon Ball and its humor in manga was um, was the first that I had ever found uh, humor yeah. in comic books. So it's not the best answer, but I think because uh, my comic book experience is so limited... That yeah. it would be that it would be that yeah now that's amazing and, and and how how did you come across that i had a friend in school who um he's the one who got me into japanese animation and um mm. and manga and everything else and he yeah. he was a kid from hawaii and he he he's a lot more international than i had been he had lived in multiple countries um because of a father who was in the military so yeah. He um he brought it to my attention and I I loved it. Totally, man. And you you're so right about kind of, you know, the whole sharing of things because it's it's hard to remember that, you know, we lived in a time where 
you know, you didn't have these instant sharing machines in your hand. Yes. You know, and like, you know, and you couldn't look something up in an instant and find out about its entire history within seconds of talking about it. (laughs) You would have had to, like, you know, if you actually wanted to find out about it, you would have to go go into a library. And even then, you know, maybe the library doesn't have any information on it um, and all sorts. It's just it's just such a different world to the 90s. Isn't it? It really, it's, really, it's incredible. It really, really is. Um, yeah, you like you said, you would have to look these things up, and back then, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it's such a different world. Nowadays, not only is Japanese anime something you look up, but it's it's mainstream. Um, you can watch it on television if you wanted to. So back mm-hmm. then, it it wasn't there. There was no. No, no trust. You, like you, 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 you'd be lucky if you had a scratchy VHS of, yes. of like some some uh, anime, you know, of like uh, the Akira anime or something. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly, like, exactly. Oh, oh. dear, absolutely crazy um, that we live in this time. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's really exciting, you know. Um, and I mean, mm. you know, with your science fiction head on i mean you know what, what what do you see happening over like the next 30 years you know by 2050 where are we going to be at with kind of like you know Neuralink and stuff like that mm. i am a little bit I, I don't want to be but i'm a little bit pessimistic on Neuralink, just yeah. because i think the human brain is too complex it is um, gosh and maybe, maybe not. I mean, but I'm I'm hopeful for that. Where uh, twenty fifty, I think where we will be. I think one of the biggest sciences that will come up, and maybe this is wishful thinking, is longevity um, mm-hmm. science mm-hmm. and extending human age. Yeah. Hopefully, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah People will start living, again, not forever, but longer and healthier lives. So that when they're in their 70s, they look and feel younger and they can maybe go jogging, and, you know, instead of being in a nursing home. So I, I'm yeah. hoping. And this is, I think, I think it's just hope. I don't even know if it's actually, there's any science <laughs> behind it. Maybe I'm just hoping um, yeah. that that's one of the sciences that will push forward in a in a major way, I, I think that this is one thing. And I think my second novel is, or my third novel, but my second, the first two novels are a pair. And the third novel is likely going to be about this. It's talking about space travel. I think that um, the moon over Mars will be a major destination for um, mm-hmm. space travel. Yeah. And um yeah, I, I just think um, everything we pushed for. Oh, AI, AI obviously is yeah. something that's going to be very, very influential in the future. And it might take my job, take my job completely, I hope and not. just yeah. uh, do its own thing. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's obviously a tumultuous time at the moment um, in in Hollywood um, with the writer strikes yeah. and things like that. Um, but I mean, it, it must be so scary as a writer with all the AI stuff coming it's through. Really, it's terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's really scary. I mean, that's what the strikes are about. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's, it's possible that, um, 
in the next three years, which is when our next negotiations will be. Mm -hmm. um, because obviously we're on strike right now. And I, I was never mm -hmm. really concerned about AI right now because mm -hmm. AI is not capable of really writing a screenplay out mm -hmm. in a Nothing original, right? Right, exactly, exactly. But give it five years, ten years, I think mm. at the amazing pace that it's moving, like it's it's improving so fast that um mm -hmm. you know it's um it's it'll be here before we know it, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, man. So yeah, no, definitely best to get ahead of it and put some safeguards in place. <laughs> right. It's uh right. it's, it's 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 the right thing to do, really, isn't it? Um but uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see <laughs> what what, what yeah. happens in the coming months, I think, won't we? Yeah. Um, now, speaking of which, and on that note, heading back to the tank, what's the saddest comic that you've read? <laughs> um, for me, I think, now I, I'll, again, say this with a bit, let, let, let's put a little bit of, um, I didn't actually read this comic book, but mm -hmm. I did see to it in my youth um and this was when i was i was young and i'm not sure when this comic book came out but um i had to be like 11 years old and when i was young because i wasn't i wasn't that much in the comics i knew all the big names i knew batman superman and spider-man those and the hulk mm -hmm. those are the only comic book heroes that i knew and Green Lantern, because my, my little brother, he liked Green Lantern. So that was all I knew about comic books. And my favorites were Spider-Man and Superman. And I came across a comic book where um, Superman died. And I was unaware that that could happen. Um, that superheroes could die. Like... Superman, especially. I mean, it, it boggled my mind. You shoot him with, you know, you can shoot him with bullets and nothing happens. Like, how did Superman mm -hmm. die? And I just remember that being mind-boggling for me um, as a 11-year-old, 12-year-old uh, at that time. So the death of Superman, I would say, was the comic yeah. book. That was the yeah. saddest. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you know, it's it's right there on the front cover. <laughs> yes. Um, it's, it's like literally, I mean, the title as well. It's a, it's a title spoiler alert. Right, <laughs> so, right, right, right. Yes. But obviously you want to read it because like, well, how the heck did Superman die? Um, right. Yeah, no. It's uh, yeah, no. It's 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 a classic, though. It's an absolute classic, and it's it's not the the, the first time that it's appeared on the podcast. So, um, yeah, no, absolutely, uh, well up there in uh, in one of the saddest comics of all time, for sure. Yeah. Um, now, switching gears, um, what's the scariest comic that you've read? I would say Tales from the Crypt. Now, Tales from the Crypt was something that mm. came out um, when we were when I was when I was in my youth and. I, again, coming from that sort of Christian restricted um, upbringing that my dad um, gave to us, we weren't exposed to much. So Bambi dying in, um, <laughs> in, the, <laughs> uh, in the Disney movie Bambi was sort of the most extreme things we had seen. We weren't allowed to watch 
anything that was not, you know, kid friendly or family friendly. So yeah. as I got, got, you know, um, as my classmates who made, who weren't in that upbringing started bringing their, um, uh, their comic books and their movies and their VHSs to school, I got a gander of some tales from the crypt, um, comics and I can't specifically um, reference one but just the imagery on those comic books um, was something that for me and in my sort of um, my my upbringing was um, something that gave me nightmares at night Um, Night these zombie like creatures coming out of the swamp and stuff like that Uh it was it wasn't um it was it was pretty pretty terrifying to me at the time oh for sure man um and uh yeah it's it some of the art in tales of the from the crypt are, is pretty yes. um pretty horrifying and can can stick with you when you're a young kid i mean for my uh my 6 year old you know can't watch frozen you know <laughs> like mm. without without screaming at the tv like when it gets too scary um so she's still not quite there yet um so uh, i can't imagine what would happen if i if i showed her something like that um yeah. it'd be uh yeah scarring <laughs> yes exactly exactly <laughs> totally man uh, now uh moving on to my favorite question and that is what is your favorite cover okay well i i already answered it i'm going to say it again um it was Maximum Carnage. When yeah. I saw, again, I, I go back to Maximum Carnage so much because that's when I was like, oh my God, that is cool. Where I, I didn't even care what was in the comic book. Mm-hmm. I just wanted the comic book. You have um, Carnage and I, I, it's Carnage. I should look it up and look at the cover again, but it, it's, still, it's still ingrained in my head. You have Carnage. I think he's overlooking the city with a sinister look. And the thing about Carnage's and and Venom is they have Mm -hmm. a similar look to Mm Spider-Man. And I didn't know who Venom was. I didn't know who Carnage was. I knew Spider-Man. And I'm looking. It was just, it had me hypnotized every time I went to the comic book store. And eventually it wasn't there anymore. But I would see this thing that looked like my favorite hero. Spider-Man, but it's a monster and it looks like a villain. So at that age, I again I didn't know what Carnage, I didn't know that Maximum Carnage was talking about the name of the character, but mm. I was just like, what is that? And it just had me entranced. I was just hypnotized by that comic book. So by far, um the most uh my favorite cover is Maximum Carnage. Um totally comic book and it's it's just it's such a classic um uh cover um because it's so like in your face (laughs) you know as you say carnage overlooking the city and kind of spider-man uh coming out there's a a couple of different versions but yeah um like the epic collection version is yeah spider-man kind of coming at you but like carnage behind him with the city in the background and it's just such such a good title as well i mean you know just, yes, I mean, yes, like, exactly. what what kid in the nineties doesn't want to read a comic book called Maximum Carnage? I'm in one hundred percent. You know, <laughs> those two 100%. words in combination, it's just easy, an easy sell. <laughs> yes, yes, and I again, I, it was a situation where those words, 
now I understand more like the double meaning behind it and everything like that. But just Mm -hmm. at that time, I, I had no idea what it meant, but it was just such an attractive name, such an attractive cover. And yeah, I, I think back on not knowing who Carnage was Mm -hmm. um, at the time. He's such a cool character now, but it's, it was so inviting. It was like, is that Spider-Man? No, it's not. But it looks kind of like Spider-Man. The eyes, but it's a monster. Yeah. It was just yeah. so... They're, they're, it, it just... It had me locked in. Totally, man. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. My dad never bought it for me, though. So it's... No, I can't imagine so. That's, <laughs> that's definitely one for under, under, under the mattress, that is. Yeah, um, exactly. For sure. For sure. Um, now, um, I'm not sure... Um, if this question will really apply to you, this next one. But what what comic do you repeatedly read the most? Okay, and it doesn't. But I do remember my brother having a Green Lantern comic book. And this is why mm-hmm. it's it's an interesting question because I did look at it and read it, and I mostly at that age just looked at the pictures and understood the stories through the pictures. Where I can't remember the name of the comic book, but it was. I understood the idea of Green Lantern being this guy with a ring of power that allows him to do other things. Um, mm-hmm. And then in this comic book, I believe he was stealing the rings. He had he had he had five rings now, one ring on every finger, and I believe he had taken the rings of other Green Lanterns and he had mm-hmm. killed them off. And he was trying to be some sort of god. And that's... I haven't seen the comic book in probably 20 plus years. Yeah. But I remember that comic book being... so Like, I was... It was my first introduction to badassery yeah. in, in, in comics or in television at all. Because, again, everything I watched was very cookie-cutter, family-friendly stuff. This guy killed off other Green Lanterns, took their rings, and was trying to reshape the universe or something. All of those com- con- concepts to a uh, 13-year-old, I, I was probably at that time, blew my mind. I mean, mm-hmm. those concepts, it's not norm- those aren't normal concepts that you, you'd probably come across. Um, when you're watching Sesame Street or um, right. <laughs> um, Teletubbies or something like that. And I wasn't quite that young, but that's, that's sort of all I had seen at that point, that level Disney cartoons. You know, yeah. that's, that's sort of what I'd seen in fiction. So watching a guy kill off other Green Lanterns, take their rings and try to become a god and reshape the universe, every single one of those concepts blew a, a nerve ending in my brain. So um, I was, yeah, um, that's the one that I kept looking at the most. And I wish I, wish I knew the name of the comic. I wish I knew the name of that one, but um, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember myself. I'm not, I'm not big on Green Lantern, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I, I can guarantee somebody listening to this will know exactly what you mean and if you do please tweet tweet us both um please, please and do. and please and do. we'll we'll i'll i'll put it into my uh 
into my database <laughs> because yeah, I, 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 I track all of the answers from all of the guests and I do like uh, top lists at the end of the year. Um, mm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Please let me know, folks. <laughs> and all the details may not be exactly right, but it's it's like it's seventy five percent there. I remember him taking yeah. a bunch of rings, and yeah. he was I mean he was all powerful almost, and there was something he wanted to do about rechanging the the universe or the DC universe or something like that. So it was yeah. a really big um, comic book and I just can't remember the name. Uh, maybe, maybe, and somebody will correct me, maybe it's Emerald Twilight New Dawn. Emerald maybe. Twilight Dawn. Just okay. looking at it now. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. We'll see if yeah. I uh, if I get that right. Um, but that, that aside, um, I'm interested to find out um, if there's a novel that you know you repeatedly read yes oh yes um hyperion hyperion right. yes of course yeah by far my favorite favorite novel of all time and mm. i reread it because there's so many concepts in that novel that are it's just so it's so philosophical mm-hmm. and every time i reread it i i get something new out of it and because it's such a long read, it's been years since I've read Hyperion, but I'm looking at it right now. It's on my bookshelf and mm. I plan on rereading it for the third, um, third time. And I say third time, but it's four novels. So it's, it's yeah. a lot of reading. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that one is, it's really the only novel that I've gone through like that in such detail. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sorry, my fourth time. I've read it three times. Um, my fourth time going through those novels. So yeah, Epic, that's man. the uh, Hyperion Cantos. Another another classic. So uh, yeah, very cool. Yes, um, yeah. very cool. And then you know, is there is there a meaningful comic to you? I think so. I think the uh, Bishop series um, right. within Marvel Comics. Um, Bishop was the first black superhero. Mm-hmm. that I had really come across. I know there are others, yeah. but yeah. I, I've i never been a fan of Black Panther. I know it's almost sacrilegious yeah. to say yeah, that. Yeah, how dare you? Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't dislike him, but he never really... Nah, nah. It didn't resonate with you. Yeah. yeah, it didn't resonate with me at all. Oh, but yeah. I look at Bishop, and Bishop looked like such a badass. Exactly. It's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, and he comes yeah. from the future, and he can take energy blast and reuse like bishop was he was my guy and, and I, I sought him out mm. as much as possible and it was real it was really inspiring to see um a black superhero with those type of cool powers even though my favorite superheroes are all white um mm-hmm. like wolverine and spider-man those are mm-hmm. my two favorites it was great to see um bishop um among those uh heroes so it, it was yeah, it was bet. really good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's not just it's he's not as clean cut as Black Panther as well. Exactly. He's like he's he's got an edge to him. Yeah, he? yeah, exactly. exactly. So cool. Yeah, no, I love it. That's great, man. Nice. Um, and then uh, you know, again, this might not be applicable. Um, but uh, do you think that there's a uh, a, a most underrated comic yeah this one i can't quite answer this one i can't quite answer and i i did i did think about it i did try to go through and yeah, think but yeah. i just don't think my 
my experience with comic books um, sort of is, is that because I think most of the comic books I read, and this is the unfortunate part of it, were mo- mostly mainstream sort of mm-hmm. well-appreciated comic books. So I, I don't know those, those great comic books that probably uh, fell under the radar. Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, and then, you know, if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse, which would yes. it be? It would be Maximum Carnage. My, um, me yeah. and my, again, Spider-Man is my guy. Um, mm. I would, I, I, and I, I, I hate that I keep coming back to that one comic book. Uh, but it is it is the one that I would, if I were uh, even going beyond the zombie apocalypse, if I were save like humanity is the Earth is going to explode and we're creating this spaceship arc um, with only a limited amount of animals and a limited amount of works of art like mm-hmm. the Michelangelo and the Mona Lisa, Maximum Carnage that comic book and that cover would be on there for sure. I that's that's the one that I would I would take. Nice man, nice. Um and then along with that, um and you've got a tank already, but you know, what weapon, tool or useful item would you yes. like to take into the apocalypse as well? <laughs> I think it would be a crossbow. I think nice. The thing a crossbow does because the problem with the zombie apocalypse, every every weapon has its advantage and disadvantage. I believe zombies are attracted to sound. Based on mm-hmm. uh, most of the my zombie knowledge and research, um, sound is what attracts them. Um, it's their most powerful sense, I guess, and they mm-hmm. gather around uh, around noises. So the thing a crossbow does is it's to a degree unlimited ammo to a degree right um because if if you you can go right you can reuse it but it's also silent in a way that a gun isn't if i have a um a rifle it's going to make a noise even if i have um a silencer on it it's going to make noise and that's going to attract more zombies it's going to have the opposite effect um Mm -hmm. But also, it runs out of ammunition, right? So yeah. you're going to shoot a, a few hundred, and then you're you're out of ammo. With my crossbow, I can use it almost like a silencer, and I can reuse that ammunition. And you can carry a lot of ammunition for a crossbow. So I think you know you can always together. you can always chuck a stone in it as well. Um, like it, obviously, it's not as effective mm. as a bolt, but right. you can chuck right. anything in it, and it'll shoot it. Yes. <laughs> basically, yeah. yeah. So that's 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 my strategy for survival. Nice man, nice. You got it all covered. You got it all covered, Dwayne. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Well, Dwayne Warrell, thank you so much for sharing your comics with the apocalypse. It's been a real pleasure. No, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. I, I had fun. I had a lot of fun. Excellent. Um, and for the listeners, one more time, where can they find you online? You can find me at DwayneWorrell.com. That's my website. Um, and it's pretty and shiny and new. Um, you can also find me at Dwayne Worrell on Twitter and at Dwayne Worrell on uh, Instagram as well. Nice. Um, and then, you know, do, do you have anything coming up um, that, that you can talk about? Yeah. Um, 
Uh, if the strike ends, hopefully it ends um, soon, mm. we will be uh, back in the room for Fire Country. Ah, cool. Um, and my second novel for Androne. Androne is currently out right now, so you can pick that up um, at Amazon.com. Um, but also, uh, my the second part of that series is called Alliance, and it will be out in the summer of next year. So... Nice. Those are the two things that I'm working on right now. Sweet. Excellent. Well, everybody go check out Dwayne's work via the links in the show notes. And uh, once again, Dwayne, thank you so much for your time. It's, it's, it's been really good to, to get to know you. It's been great. Thank you, Sam. Awesome. Thanks, Dwayne. Take it easy, man. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Dwayne for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Dwayne's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the near future, I'll see you next time. Bye for now.